Welcome back to Martins and More. My name is Mari Rooch. And I'm Spoon Phillips. And we have 10 more things to talk about. How are you doing today, Spoon? I'm doing just great. It's great to be back here in season two of Martins and More with our top 10 lists of our favorite Martins. Shame on me. We left last week's show unresolved, and today I'm going to bring you my top 10 Martin guitars. Do we have to listen to you? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Last week was a thrill ride. We had a lot of great guitars to talk about. Spoon bared his soul and told you, according to him, what his favorite top 10 Martin guitars are. And I'm coming at this list a little bit differently. I'm bringing you what I think the top 10 Martin guitars are. If it was my job to tell the world 10 Martin guitars you have to know about. So please bear that in mind. When I go from number 10 all the way down to number one, I'm trying to bring you the definitive list of 10 guitars. And unlike Spoon last week, I can't promise that every single one of these models is still available today in 2022. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's fair. I think uh, we both came to this from different angles. I was going with uh, my favorite Martins that exist today and that are available for sale out there in the world today. It was a very difficult choice to make, very difficult to decide what order they would be in, very difficult to have to uh, let go certain favorite guitars that just didn't quite make the top 10. So I'm, I'm sure you probably feel the same way about your list. I really do. I had an extra week to talk about this to myself and I almost fell into a trap where I thought I could change my answers between now and then and it's just not fair to do. It's so hard to narrow down the best 50, let alone 10, but we're already here. Why don't we try and do it? I'm going to begin this list telling you, according to Mari at Mari's Music, the top 10 Martin guitars begin with number 10. You might remember this guitar from last week's show. It was also Spoon's number 10 on the Martin Guitars top 10 list. The Martin DSS 17 Whiskey Sunset. How cool is that? Our top 10 lists begin exactly the same. Very cool indeed. Very cool indeed. Uh, I think we are in a complete agreement that this is a uniquely cool Martin guitar. The DSS stands for the Slope Shouldered 14 Fret Dreadnought. And the 17, of course, is the amazing 17 series that are inspired by the mail-order catalog guitars of the Depression era. That people will recognize this shape and, and even the look of the Whiskey Sunset as very uh, Gibson-esque because Gibson's first 14-fret large-body guitars that they called jumbos were made with the sloped shoulders that were inspired by Martin's original dreadnought uh, models that had 12 frets and the big sloped shoulders. So very cool. But tell us, Mari, you personally, why is the DSS 17 Whiskey Sunset on your top 10 list? Well, I didn't feel it would be appropriate to omit all the 17s altogether. So I came to this list with the mindset, I've got to tell the world about something in the 17 series. And it didn't have to necessarily be the DSS 17. Obviously, the Whiskey Sunset is only one of two shades they offered. Going back before last year, you could also get some of these guitars in what they call the black smoke finish. My honest answer is it didn't have to be this model. But when I look at the things like the 00017, the 0017, remember the 00L17 that was discontinued a few years ago, something in the 17 had to be represented here. And I selfishly went with the biggest, brashest, boldest sounding one, the Slope Shoulder D. 
design by itself is completely impressive. But when you take this very, very thin finish, extremely responsive a 17 set of ingredients, the DSS is just a great platform. And if I'm being really honest, it's the one that's probably most in my recent memory as I played one of these not long ago on Virtual Tour, which is a program we show you every Wednesday on YouTube. I've had one on my hands not too long ago. And coming to this podcast with the mindset that I want to bring 10 important guitars to light, I just could not skip it. Well, I think that's a, it's a great choice. Um, like you said, it's the largest of the 17s, that extra large body uh, size. The, this, the cavity inside the sound hole uh, increases the, the bass and the low mids. So it has a lot of that satisfying Martin oomph to it while still being very lightly built and responsive and uh, open and airy and have that unique sound uh, to the 17s. All solid wood guitars, simple dovetail neck joint, full complement of scallop bracing. Um, I'm sure in this case, forward shifted scallop bracing and you know comfortable neck, cool look with the special whiskey sunset burst finish on the top. And uh, so, you know, congratulations to Martin for coming out with this model keeping it in the catalog. It's a great price point and a great alternate kind of Martin guitar for people looking for something a little different and uh, a great deal of fun to play. Let me ask you, Spooner, are you surprised I have a mahogany guitar on my list? <laughs> I wasn't going to tease you about that. Uh, <laughs> I had... Uh, I had three of them on my list with spruce tops and one with uh, a mahogany top. But but people uh, will get back and run through my list later in the program just to remind people. But um, but I'm sure our lists are going to be different. We come we came from two different points of view. I'm talking about my favorite guitars out there right now by Martin that always come to mind. That always you know that when people ask me about interesting Martin guitars that are worth looking at. And Maury is, is a little different. He's coming from a broader perspective of, of not just personal favorites, but important Martin guitars and guitars that, that he feels are some of the uh, best things they've come out with in modern history and uh, that people should really consider if they're thinking of buying a Martin guitar. So we agreed with number 10, but I know we did not agree with number nine because I'm pretty sure my number nine wasn't on your list. So what is your number nine, Mari? The number nine guitar on my list of top 10 Martin guitars is... This has to be a typo. It's the Martin Mahogany D18. Ooh. I could not, in good faith, leave the D18 off this list, especially since it got its really big facelift back in 2012. The scallop brace forward shifted modern D18 is such a force to be reckoned with. And all the jokes aside about me being a Rosewood guy, I could not go out to the world and tell everybody the 10 extremely important Martins to know about and fail to tell you about the D18. On a side note, I wouldn't mind bringing a future project to you, Spoon, and talking about our favorite top 10 Martin guitars from Martinfest, because in recent memory, our good friend Steve had a killer D18 that I got to play a couple of times over that long weekend, and it was just one great example of how good this model can be. Absolutely. We could even uh, dedicate a whole program to the D18, actually, and the different D18s that have come and gone. 
um, because it is an extremely successful design for people who are unaware of the recent history. The D18 um, from the late 40s up until 2012 were made with straight braces, non-scallop braces, and the X-brace shifted a little bit around 1960 into what was considered the modern placement. Um, it had been a little farther back in the late 40s, early 50s. It also had a rosewood fingerboard and bridge, and a rosewood bridge and possibly the fingerboard uh, does give you a different tone, a slightly lighter, sunnier, less, uh, I wouldn't say less powerful, but less darkness in the bottom end. So when it was revamped in 2012, this was the Martin's big experiment when they were getting going to get rid of the uh, vintage series and they brought the vintage series features from the D18V, mainly the forward shifted scallop bracing, the ebony fingerboard and bridge, and a tortoise uh, shell pickguard and binding instead of a black pickguard and binding. It was the precursor for what became the reimagined entire standard series, where they brought back 1930s appointments and 19, uh, to a certain degree, 1930s style bracing. Hugely successful. People like the old D18s. Uh, you know, Jerry Garcia, uh, Gordon Lightfoot, lots of people played and loved their D18s from that era with the straight bracing and the rosewood fingerboard and bridge. But this modern D18, you know, some people could say it's the perfect modern mahogany dreadnought. So uh, it's not on my list. It was one of those guitars that was like, can I, I should put this on my list, but I just had to make room for some other stuff. So I, uh, I went with a smaller uh, version of the 18s on my list, the 0018. But yeah, fantastic guitar. So uh, good call, Mari. I totally agree with you. From your point of view, it definitely belongs on the top 10 list of important Martins for people to consider today. Well, that's a bunch of BS lip service because you didn't put it on your list, so stop lying. <laughs> but it did receive the spoon stamp of approval. Um, <laughs> okay, what is your number eight? On the top 10 Martin guitars list from Mari and Mari's Music, number eight is... Whoa, Lottie, we have another mahogany guitar. It's the 00018. Modern Deluxe. Hey -oh. <laughs> well, what do you know about that? <laughs> if I'm being honest, this guitar snuck into the list pretty late. Quite a few months ago, Spoon and I both got the opportunity to go to Martin and check out some of the newest models introduced at the NAMM show. But I got to play almost every new offering from Martin Guitar right on time, except the 00018 Modern Deluxe. When I got to the factory to have my opportunity to play some Martin guitars and put them on videos here in the studio at Mari's Music, the 00018 was not available. And I had to wait several weeks, maybe even a few months, before I got my first opportunities to play this guitar. And if I remember correctly, our friend Marshall Fleischer uh, had his chance the same day. We met up at the Martin factory. Quite coincidentally, we both got an opportunity to play it. And when one person wasn't playing it, they were listening to the other. And I had the beautiful opportunity to both experience the 00018 Modern Deluxe and hear it in Marshall's hands, which is uh, it's a treat unto itself. But that guitar builds on what I would have included on this list, the original 00018, 
the fact that it got some serious facelifts quite a few years ago as well, that guitar would have been in this spot if not for the fact that I got to play the modern deluxe version. And almost, if not, every single time Martin has gone and made a modern deluxe version of a standard series superstar like this, it's just even that much better to my ears. And the modern deluxe series, while it's pretty new, these models have been around for a long enough time that I've seen more than a few examples of them. I've seen them over time where we've had them a couple of weeks, had them a couple of months into a year. So here at Mari's Music, we do have a large inventory and I do have the luxury of playing a guitar when I first get to see it a few weeks later and sometimes a few months later. This guitar, I'll go ahead and say it on record, it's gonna be around for a long, long time. And if you're the kind of person that likes the 00018 design, or any smaller body Martin guitar with the mahogany and Sitka combination. The 00018 Modern Deluxe really should be on anyone's radar that thinks the 00018 Standard Series guitar is one of the best, and you'd be right to think so. Well, that's a very, very cool choice. I think a lot of people agree that the Standard 00018 is a marvelous guitar, a great option for somebody who wants a body that's smaller than a dreadnought, great option for somebody who wants a short scale neck, and I've moved to the short scale in recent years uh, for playability uh, reasons. And I have to say that the Modern Deluxe, the entire series is extremely successful. For those who are not that familiar with it, the major differences between the standard 00018 uh, with its mahogany back and sides and its Sitka spruce top and its scalloped quarter inch bracing with the modern deluxe version, the bracing is made from Adirondack spruce and has golden era style scalloping. Going back to the now retired golden era series, this was an attempt to do a brace carving that was closer to what they did in the 1930s. It's not as uh, extremely close as they do in the authentic series, but it still has more wood removed. It has uh, greater angles and slopes to uh, the bracing to make, uh, to really zero in on the dampening nodes of the peaks of the scalloping and have a broader area for more flexibility between the peaks. And, and in this case, it's Adirondack spruce bracing with a Sitka spruce top, which is unique. It has the carbon fiber bridge plate, which is actually two very thin pieces of carbon fiber. Uh, and in between them is a piece of torrified Adirondack spruce. So that's uh, unique. They come with liquid metal bridge pins, which is a kind of metallic glass that actually has zero dampening effect on the energy coming from the strings uh, into the bridge plate and, the, and that torrified Sitka spruce top. The amazing uh, vintage deluxe neck shape, which was inspired very closely by the 1930 OM45 in the museum, if you've never got to play that guitar, it's a very low profiled V-neck, um, almost no V whatsoever down in the first three or four positions. And it has this wonderful asymmetrical shaping to it. So there's a little more room on the bass side of the neck than the treble side. So it, and it drifts, the apex of the neck drifts as you go up the neck. It's a really, it's what it's the modern deluxe neck's mile, my favorite neck. The major difference between a real vintage neck on that 1930s guitar and all these modern deluxes is it doesn't have a 1930s shape to the heel, so that neck stays really low and comfortable all the way up to the body. So, uh, really a remarkable achievement for them all the way around. It's got other stuff, EVO gold frets that 
Don't wear out like modern frets. Uh, beautiful pearl inlay headstock logo that is taken directly from Martins that were built only in 1932. I remember it's the year. So it was a it was a rarely used headstock script logo that they now use the modern deluxe. So so you have a really cool combination of cutting edge uh, luthery features with traditional Martin uh, legacy features and beautiful appointments, outrageously cool guitars. So, so I'm glad you got that one on your list. Oh, I couldn't leave it out. And I'm really, really excited to show the world how reasonable I am. And I'm not just a Rosewood guy and I'm not all against mahogany. Wouldn't it be crazy, just hypothetically, if I were to tell you that my next guitar on my list of the top 10 Martin guitars is another mahogany guitar. What? I mean, there's no way, right? This next guitar cannot have mahogany back and sides. What do you think? What? <laughs> if you're following along on YouTube, now's your chance to say in the comments, what? <laughs> what is your number seven recommended top of their top 10 Martin guitars? Number seven is the D18 Authentic 1939 Aged. Wow. I'm impressed. All right. Well, why? Let's get down to it. There is no way, and I'm going to put this on you guys, the listeners, there's no way that if we switch places and you own Mari's music and you saw all the inventory that we get to play over the years, this is going back from 2003 up until taping this in 2022, the number of guitars that have come through this shop and either come and gone quickly, stayed here for a while, or like this one, this D18 1939 aged authentic has taken up residency. I think we've had it for two or three years. The only downside about that is I get to really, really double check and triple check and triple double check every few <laughs> months, if not for every few weeks, I get an opportunity to play that again. And like we said before, either on Wednesday's virtual tour or just on the way home, I might, you know, pull it off the shelf, take it out of the case and play it just for my own enjoyment. There is something to be said about the power and the hold this guitar has on you. Whether you're a Rosewood guy or not, I'm always going to look for Rosewood guitars, and that's been noted you know, too often. But playing that instrument, if it wasn't for that gigantic neck, at least from where I come from, that neck feels very, very full, and it's a little bit uncomfortable to me. If it weren't for that neck, I don't want to say too many things that I can't back up in real life, but I might have purchased that myself. The guitar is a beast. I am a sucker for raw power and for not necessarily wanting to be the loudest thing in the room, but when you have a guitar like that that is so responsive and allows you to put very little effort into it to get a very satisfying response back from it, the amount of work you don't have to do to get that thing to sing, uh, I don't know if it's just that one. I've only ever played a few in my lifetime. I'm sure they're consistent across the board, but the D18 authentic period is an impressive instrument, but the 39 aged, uh, it's you, maybe you can tell me why, Spoon, if it's the bracing pattern, if it's the actual bracing location, the fact that it's rearward shifted, something about that instrument is just 
makes an enormous impression on me. And if it was my job, like I said, to go and tell the world, here are 10 Martin guitars you have to know about, I, I can't omit that one. It's too important. Well, that's one of the reasons we have these lists. Uh, it's a, it is a difficult choice to, to say which ones ha can make it, which ones, but then there are the ones that absolutely definitely have to be on it. Now, when that, when that came out, the very first year of the Modern Authentic series, it all, they also had a Rosewood version that was the 1941, the D28 Authentic 1941, also rear shifted, also a 1 and 11 16th inch nut width. And that may be one of the reasons authentic series buyers shy away from that guitar is that they, that it has a 1 11 16th inch nut width instead of the 1 and 3 quarter inch. However, vintage Martins and Martins with those, the bigger, piece of mahogany behind the fretboard, the 1 and 11 16th inch nut width isn't skinny like the modern Martins with 1 and 11 16th inch nuts that have the low profile uh, that was around before the reimagined standard series uh, came out with the high performance neck. And so you don't feel like you don't, uh, have too little room down there with that, uh, with that nut width. And, and like Mari said, he's not used to the vintage style heel. So as you go up the neck, it does get, you know, more heft in it. But a lot of people like the, that in these necks. And, you know, there are people who say big neck, big sound. But otherwise, it's an authentic series guitar, meticulous recreation of a killer D18 from 1939. It's got the forward shifted bracing that's tucked in to the purfling on the sides and the and the bridge plate is longer and tucked in underneath into notches under the X brace that gives you superior energy transference, 100% hide glue, hot hide glue construction, thinner fretboard, fingerboard than you get on modern guitars. Of course, the traditional dovetail neck joint also put in place with the hide glue. Um, but with the aged, you get a treatment done on the outside of the nitrocellulose finish that puts in those micro cracks, what they call finish checking. And a lot of people believe that's one of the reasons the super fantastic vintage Martin sounds super fantastic is that finish has dried out and cracked over the years. So the wood breathes more easily. Now Martin re absolutely refuses to comment on could the cosmetic finish checking they put on this guitar make a difference in tone, but to paraphrase Stephen Stills, why wouldn't it? Everything you do to an acoustic guitar can affect the, the tone production. Um, maybe that guitar just has an exceptionally great torrified Sitka Spruce top. Maybe they all have really good torrified Sitka Spruce tops and, and that guitar may not be exceptional, but when it gets a hold on you, like it's got on Mari, uh, you know a special one when you hear it. And it's too bad more people don't get a chance to put that guitar in their lap and, and play it. Um, I love the rear shifted bracing. That's another thing people shy away from. They want the forward shifted, you know, they want the the runaway stagecoach of forward shifted bracing. I've always been a big fan of the rear shifted bracing on vintage Martins. It gives an extra, an extra focus, or a more distinct focus to the bottom end, to the bass strings, to the basic fundamentals that come off those strings, and in their relationship with the other harmonics across the whole rainbow of harmonics that you get out of this guitar. And I think they record wonderfully well. 
they cut wonderfully well through other instruments. Uh, there's a reason that that people love the D18s who do a lot of finesse flat picking and bluegrass and stuff, love those D18s with the rear shifted bracing in uh, 1939 upward until they got rid of the scallop bracing in the late 40s. And even beyond, there's you know wonderful D18s from the 50s with rear shifted bracing that have straight bracing, but uh, the bluegrass cannons as they call them. And I have to say the aging that, uh, the aging that the uh, custom shop people do is the brainchild of Jeff Allen. Jeff Allen had a lot of experience uh, in the Fender Custom Shop with relicking and other things and uh, was in charge of the Martin Aged uh, project. Uh, they've had a lot of high-end guitar buyers asking for that before Martin did it. And they did a lot of research. They quietly bought guitars from other manufacturers in America and abroad that do vintage relicking, if you want to call it that, before they came up with theirs. And if you didn't have a modern mo stamp inside that instrument to let you know it was a modern Martin, if somebody walked in to a gig and opened a case and you saw a D18 authentic 1939 aged, you would think it was a real vintage Martin. They do a really good job with the slight wear along the neck and so a few slight dings and, and abrasions and pick wear and that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a, it's a time capsule, Martin. So I'm glad you added it. Um, I did not add that guitar on my list. I went with the brand new D18 Authentic 1937 uh, VTS that uh, was just came out revamped this year. Yeah, aged or not, there's the authentic series uh, are spectacular guitars, and anyone who can afford them uh, knows what I'm talking about. So good job, good job, Mark. So last week we asked you, these are Spoon's top ten Martin guitars. Which ones did he get wrong? Which ones did he omit? You got to give <laughs> him a hard time in the comments. Let him know what he got wrong about that list. This week it's my turn, and we're asking you. Don't forget to give Spoon a hard time again for his list. <laughs> Leave me alone with my choices. I'm going to tell you number six right now. The number six guitar on Mari's top 10 Martin guitars. The reason I chose this, I could have picked any Martin guitar that has Madagascar rosewood back and sides, an Engelman top with bear claw, D45 styling, and a $30,000 price tag but I decided to choose the Martin D45 Fire and Ice. Ooh. Stunning. Speaking of guitars, I cannot put down when I pick them up. If you have not had an opportunity yet to see a D45 Fire and Ice either online, at a Martin Custom Shop event, at the Martin factory, at your local dealer, the D45 Fire and Ice is a beautifully stunning design by Harvey Leach, and it takes some really, really gorgeous D45 ideas, pairs them up with, if all they did differently here was the beautiful bear claw top in Engelman, that would be enough to set a lot of people going crazy. But the Fire and Ice features a gorgeous Phoenix and Dragon motif, and it's just, it's one of those guitars where if an artist or a collector bought this instrument to only play one chord on it and put it on the wall, boy, I don't know if I could, I could really blame them. Well, it's certainly a museum piece. It's a total collector's item. It's certainly among the most stunning inlay pieces uh, done on Martin guitars. The, uh, the Ice Dragon and the Phoenix, uh, two ancient 
mythical creatures from various cultures. Really, really super cool and spectacular tone woods. You know, everything about it is an exquisite example of modern luthery. So, uh, so that's a very cool choice. On my list, I, I had the D Homeward, which is a, another very cool work of the luthier's art. So this is a great choice. I hadn't actually thought of this because I don't get to see this guitar very often. And it was not uh, really um, available to my mind at the time I made this list, but it's certainly one of the top Martins made probably ever in terms of the, uh, the overall piece of art as a practical musical instrument. And maybe most importantly, it's the beginning of the Rosewood trend that's going to happen a lot on this part of my list. Yeah, I have to say, you had three uh, mahogany guitars in a row. That's very impressive. That's very liberal-minded of you, Rosewood. I mean, uh, Mari. <laughs> yeah, if this podcast was a road trip, there's a lot of mahogany in the rearview mirror, so to speak. Upward and onward. <laughs> okay, we're at the halfway point of Mari's top 10 Martin guitars list. Why don't we recap? Good idea. At number 10, we had the DSS 17 Whiskey Sunset, where Spoon and I had the same exact idea, and that's where it stopped. Number 9 was the D18. I simply could not leave the D18 off of a list of 10 extremely important Martin guitars to know about. Whether it's mahogany or not, I think it had to be there. Number eight was the Triple O Eighteen Modern Deluxe, and I'm doubling down on what I say about that Modern Deluxe series. That is going to be here to stay. It's not a passing fad. Triple O Eighteen was pretty great ever since it got a facelift in 2012, but it's only better with the Modern Deluxe treatment, if you ask me. In this specific episode, this specific list, you are asking me. Number seven. The mahogany hits just keep coming. It's the D18 Authentic 1939 aged. And I make no apologies. That guitar will beat you up and take your lunch money. Even though it's mahogany, <laughs> it's awesome. And the number six instrument, we're going to start the Rosewood trend, and I'm not sure how long it's going to keep going, but the D45 Fire and Ice could not be denied. The gorgeous Harvey Leach creation a gorgeous bear claw Engelman spruce top on a D45 platform taken over the top and then some with the gorgeous Phoenix and ice dragon motif. And that brings us to number five of Mari's top 10 Martin guitars. Number five is... The Martin Triple O 28. Eric Clapton. Ooh, wow. Now, Spoon, you're just a person I want to talk to about this. I would say it's been rumored, but it's even more than a rumor. It's been pretty well documented in the late 80s. The Martin Guitar Company wasn't doing all that great. And there was one simple event that took Martin created a gigantic resurgence in the interest of acoustic guitars in general, especially Martin guitars. If I told you MTV Unplugged and the Triple O 28 Eric Clapton almost single-handedly made things better back then, would you believe me? I would believe you. Because uh, right back then, the two guys with a keyboard like Flock of Seagulls and those kind of bands were absolutely ruling 
popular music and it's hard to believe in a lot of people's minds but the acoustic guitar sales plummeted around the world and Eric Clapton's appearance on MTV Unplugged playing two different vintage Martin Rosewood triple O's just completely changed the market, the listening habits, and kickstarted the modern acoustic guitar phenomenon that's still going on. Martin came out with a, a limited edition, a triple O 42 that actually has vintage style 45 fretboard on it that Dick Boak came up with for the charity event that with Clapton to uh, sell some of these guitars and have some of the money go to charity, which then kickstarted the entire Martin uh, artist signature model craze. But then Martin came out with the Triple O 28 EC, which also has proceeds going to Clapton's uh, favorite charity. But it was uh, a much lower price point. It had Indian Rosewood instead of uh, Brazilian Rosewood. And they never, ever, ever guessed that it would still be selling today in, in huge numbers. But what a, uh, what a incredibly successful design that guitar has. Oh yeah, and you might remember from last week when I told you guys that the OM28 did not make my list. One of the top three reasons is because this guitar had to be here instead. The Triple O28 Eric Clapton is far too important to leave off this list. And if it was my job to tell people 10 Martin guitars to know about, and I didn't say this one, oh boy, you guys would be flaming me. <laughs> Even more than usual. Um, <laughs> but yes, the, uh, um, these days, the, the reimagined standard series, Triple O 28 and the Clapton are much more alike than the old Triple O 28 when the Clapton model came out. Back then, the Triple O 28 had straight braces, non-scallop bracing. And it had a black pick guard and it had white binding and those big uh, white domino dots on the fretboard and the closed back tuners that by comparison look kind of clunky to the modern uh, era Martin tuners that look like the 1930s tuners. But with the Clapton model, you get the bold herringbone around the edge of the top, uh, but you also get a herringbone rosette that was uh, actually lifted from vintage style 21 that uh, Boak combined the, the two together. And with the Eric Clapton model, you get the most comfortable V-neck that I think Martin has put on a modern Martin. Uh, it's a true V-neck, unlike the modern deluxe neck we talked about earlier. And it is a modified V-neck, but it's short scale. And it is uh, extremely comfortable. It has the traditional fingerboard width, the standard fingerboard width. So it's one and three quarter inch of the nut and two and a quarter at the 12th fret. So it's a little wider than the modern Martins. The neck is a little rounder and a little bulkier, but I find it extremely comfortable, particularly for people who do thumb fretting and play their bass notes or even partial bar chords with their thumb. It's a, that's what those necks were really designed for. So um, uh, scallop bracing, really, uh, really cool. I like the, you know, it's got a vintage toner to the top. It's not as dark as it was when the model first came out. They've lightened it up a little bit, but it's still unique to that model. And I'm pretty sure there may be a couple other signature models out there that have used it as well. But uh, tremendously uh, successful guitar. Again, it just keeps selling. 
And I think people love the way it looks. I think people see it hanging on the wall and they take it down and they take it home. Uh, so as great as the Triple O 28 is, I think uh, people owe it to themselves to play the Eric Clapton version if they get a chance to, uh, if they're in the market for a Rosewood Sitka short scale Triple O. Now who can argue with that? Robert. <laughs> Gabby Johnson's right. Not only was that pure frontier gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at the number four Martin guitar in Mari's top 10. It is. The Martin CEO seven. Just when you thought the Triple O 28 Eric Clapton came along and it was going to live on forever and nobody was going to forget about it, the CEO 7 came around and said, hold my beer. <laughs> yes, indeed. The CEO 7. CEO standing for the Chief Executive Officer, C.F. Martin IV, who designs guitars every so many years, um, often to introduce interesting new materials or new to Martin materials, or in the case of a bunch of them, uh, models that were actually inspired by designs from the Gibson Guitar Company from the Depression era. And CEO 7 was inspired by the Gibson uh, size L guitars. And the one that looks the most like is the L double O because of the sunburst finish. But um, Super cool guitar. It's on my list too. It made my list a little farther down from uh, where it stands on Maury's list. But the CEO models come and go, but this one just refuses to go because it just keeps selling. It's like the Energizer bunny of Martin limited editions. <laughs> they got rid of the limited idea a long time ago. This is, by the way, one of the few Martins made today uh, with standard series construction, meaning the full dovetail neck joint and the quality of the woods and all that, that has an Adirondack spruce top. So it's made with uh, African mahogany back and sides, typically speaking, um, SIPO, which is uh, probably has, I think it has even better response than the South American mahogany that we call, uh, that Martin calls genuine mahogany. And it is in a slope shoulder double O size. So it's actually sized between the Martin double O and the Martin triple O 14 fret guitars. And it gives, uh, and it gives you a unique oomph in the low mids that uh, makes it really great for alternate thumb finger picking and blues playing and slide playing and really, uh, really super guitar and very popular. I completely agree. And if you're still with us, thank you very much for listening. We're getting down to the nitty gritty. We're coming up on numbers three, two, and one. And while we did fail to give you a good trivia question at the top of this episode, we're going to do something even better. If you're watching this in real time on YouTube and playing along in the live chat, I'd like to ask you, please consider giving us your best guess at what is Mari's top number one. Write down what you think Mari listed as the number one guitar on his top 10 list in the chat, and we'll see if you have bragging rights when it's all said and done. That said, let's get to number three. 
The number three guitar on Mari's top 10 Martin guitars list is... The OM-28 Modern Deluxe. What do you think, Spoon? Am I uh, barking up the right tree here? Well, I think uh, I found out when we were doing my list, you leaked that the guitar I thought was going to be your number one isn't even on your list. So I was shocked, shocked. But then now I understand why. Similar to your choice of the 00018 Modern Deluxe over the 00018, I understand now why you have taken the OM28 Modern Deluxe and put it so high on your list. So why don't you tell us why it's earned such a high spot? Well, it's equal parts how I really feel as a player and equal parts what I think of the Modern Deluxe line. And it'd be a little bit more dangerous if the Modern Deluxe have only been around for a few weeks or a few months. And of course, when a brand new Martin guitar comes to market, and you kind of get an idea what it's going to sound like and feel like, maybe it's the prudent thing to do is, you know, let's let's wait and see if this thing catches on. Good example right now is the Martin Super D Dreadnought. It's the biggest, newest thing. Let's, let's take a step back and see if that really catches on. Let's see if that comes and goes, or maybe it's going to actually create a brand new place in the market for uh, giving Martin the opinion and the idea. Let's take that idea, run with it. The OM28 Modern Deluxe, from my personal experience, takes everything I love about the Martin OM28 and improves upon it. And that does not mean at all that I'm not extremely proud and in love with the standard series OM28 sound. That's still a benchmark to me. If they keep that model, you know, for the next hundred years, I think it's a smart thing to do. But uh, Spoon and I talked a little bit off camera last week and my love for my OM28V is technically a love for an OM28V from 1998 and what it sounds like in the year 2022 being played in, uh, naturally aging, the break-in period that goes along with a new Martin guitar. I love the sound of my OM28 that's old even more than a current OM28 guitar that's not old. And what Martin meant to do and I really believe has successfully achieved in the Modern Deluxe line the OM28 Modern Deluxe sounds like a broken-in, old, comfortable pair of shoes. I really could not, in good faith, put the OM28 Modern Deluxe below or behind the OM28. And since the list is only 10 long, if I could have had slight exceptions, or here's my top 10, but like number three could have like two parts, none of that. No, you got to pick one. And the fact that I had to decide between the 28 and the 28 Modern Deluxe, I genuinely feel like the 28 Modern Deluxe is better representative of one of the 10 great Martin guitars in our, our current lifetime, and I mean that. Mari Johnson is right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are spectacular guitars. They, the Modern Deluxes have a unique sound. They, they have a, a high-definition clarity and focus that you just don't get from anything else uh, in the world, frankly. And I, uh, I totally understand why you put it on here. And I went with the normal OM28 on my list. 
because I too have had a OM28 that I uh, V that I really loved, and the modern OM28 is the OM28 V without the V neck for all intents and purposes. And so, in some respects, I think it's a, even better guitar in terms of its wide appeal. So and and incredibly versatile. So, but that being said, if you're somebody where money is not an object uh, to a certain degree, similar to what I had mentioned uh, with the Air Clapton model, if you're set on buying an OM28 and you've never played an OM28 Modern Deluxe, I think it's worth even getting in your car and spending some gas money to drive to play one if it's necessary before you make that decision, because you may just see the Modern Deluxe difference as something that you absolutely will want in your life. So good choice, good choice. Thank you. And if I'm being really transparent, I do know a lot of players that know what they're doing. They have a good ear and they have a budget for both that have played both the modern deluxe version and the standard series version and chosen the standard series. So kidding aside, the standard series could have made an appearance on this list and it could have even taken this specific place on this list and I wouldn't have felt very uncomfortable about it. But the modern deluxe just wins out. And we teased it last week during Spoon's top 10 list that there were some reasons the OM28 didn't make my list. My inclusion for both the 00028 Eric Clapton and the OM28 Modern Deluxe certainly makes even more sense. How can you fit the OM28 on this list? I'm going to go one further and tell you what my number two guitar is on this list. And after you hear it, you will have no doubts. There's no way we could have included the OM28 on this list. There's simply no more room for awesome OMs. The number two guitar on Mari's list of top 10 Martin guitars is the Martin OM45 Deluxe 1930. Wow. The OM45 Deluxe Authentic 1930. Why didn't I think of that? You, I have to say, you humbly, you humbly said multiple times when we did my list, you, you chided yourself for not including some of the guitars that I included and said that you had to revisit your, you know, you didn't change your list, but you said you're going to revisit your list and all that. Well, duh. <laughs> I was the person who had been crowing about these oh, 45 Deluxe Authentic from the time they, you know, secretly told me they were making it. I, you know, oh, I didn't crow until I was allowed to crow in public, but, uh, and I got to be there, you know, I got to play the neck and, and on the, on the original one from 1930 and, and it was in the room and we were discussing the neck and, and that's, it's unique. It's unique among the authentics. It's the only one where they really reproduce that vintage skew to the apex, that asymmetrical way that the apex stays in the nook of your hand and where you, where it's fatter on the bass side than the treble side, what we now get in the modern deluxe. They've never done that on an authentic guitar except for this one. And uh, because it was a quite a bear to, to, uh, to get it close to the original. And they did a really great job. But um, super, super guitar, uh, super expensive guitar. And I'm sure you can't get them anywhere. And you know, unless you're Jim Ursay who buys all those expensive uh, guitars, you probably <laughs> You will have a hard time buying a used one, I can tell you. But uh, amazing guitar. You know, personally, personally, I would have loved to have one. Uh, it's got banjo tuners, 
which are a little futsy, uh, just, you know, but that's the way they really made them back then to appeal to banjoists. Um, that's why they call them orchestra models to appear to appeal to banjo players in the jazz orchestras, even though people don't think of playing jazz music today on a Martin OM. But that with the zillions of little pieces of brilliant abalone, pearl, the, the Brazilian rosewood, the, the torrified Adirondack spruce used for the top and the bracing, the meticulously recreated bracing, the meticulous recreated, extremely comfortable early 1930 Martinac, which is not the big baseball bat that you get in the years that come after 1930. One of the, one of the fantastic Martins, if there was ever fantastic Martins made since the 1930s. So hats off to Maury for putting this on his list. It didn't even occur to me. It had, uh, I should have put it on mine, I guess, but, but, um, <laughs> So what does that lead us up to? Well, before I get that far, I do want to sneak in one quick funny story. The time we sold this guitar, going back a few years, very nice gentleman from New York City uh, went back and forth with us and, and decided, let's, uh, let's, let's do the deal. And he was starting at uh, a lower price and I was starting at a higher price. And we ended up saying, let's meet in the middle. I will drive it to you. And what that will mean is this guitar never saw the inside of a UPS or FedEx truck. As you guys know, we go to Martin Guitar at least three or four times a month to pick up our own inventory with our own van, which means it does not ship. And then when we sell a guitar, it only ships once because it goes from Martin to Mari's in a car, my car, and then we ship it from our store to you. Well, in this specific case, it went from Martin to Mari's in Mari's van and went from Mari's to the customer in Mari's van. And it was basically a white glove delivery. So I said, I'm gonna bring it into the city. You don't have to worry about it being shipped. And it, it ended up being a, a very smart thing. However, I don't know if uh, stupid is the right word, but I didn't want to go to Martin, which is an hour from here, and then go back to the shop and then drive past Martin again to continue going east into New York. So I thought, let me do the smart thing. I will go to Martin. I will do our weekly pickup and I'll go from Martin to New York and then I'll go from New York back to the shop, which means I drove through the Holland Tunnel with about, oh, I don't know, $175,000 worth of guitars uh, on my person. I found the neighborhood I had to go to, which was certainly one of the uh, least dangerous, I'm sure. I gave the guitar to the doorman, and I thought, this was a very big sale for me. I'm going to treat myself to something good to eat. But as I'm driving through uh, Manhattan, I thought, I'm really not sure where I am, so let me just get closer to the tunnel, and I'll, I'll eat. Like, after I know where I'm going, I'm not going to get sidetracked. I'll, I could wait a half hour. So I get towards the tunnel, and I told myself, well, and you have to know me when I'm traveling. I just, I, this whole script goes on in my mind, and it just gets pushed and pushed. Let me just go through the tunnel, and after I get on that side of things. I'm going to interrupt you for a second. Now, Mari could have, could have let me know he was coming to New York City. He could have let me know where he was going. I used to live less than a block down from that building when I was here as a lad uh, doing my internship at an off-Broadway theater. I was staying with a, with a guy who was a, a big uh, commercial jiggle writer that had come from my hometown. So I was staying literally virtually across the street from where he was dropping off this guitar. I could have told him 25 very cool, <laughs> inexpensive New York City eateries where he could have enjoyed all kinds of food. And where did Mari go to eat on his way home? Speaking of interruptions, I should interrupt to say that Spoon is not the buyer in this story. That should be said first. All right. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> well, 
So not getting advance notice on where to eat, I ended up telling myself, you know what, let me just get out of the tunnel and I'll find some place good to eat right there. I won't be in the city anymore, but I'll still treat myself to something good. And I got through the tunnel, everything was okay, and I, I still felt comfortable about not leaving a car full of so much money, you know, just being irresponsible. Wasn't I on the road another half hour, 45 minutes? I might as well just keep going and I'll just eat somewhere else. And I ended up finding the most delicious Applebee's outside of Phillipsburg, <laughs> New Jersey. Had myself one of the most ordinary hamburgers you could ever want to find. And I remember telling all of my friends on this story, and I think I called Spoon and I said, uh, it's going to be one of those things I can tell people generation after generation. I can tell this story for a long time that I called Spoon and said, where should I treat myself to a good dinner? I just sold an OM45. And Spoon said, I know this awesome Applebee's in Phillipsburg, New Jersey. You got to check it out. <laughs> I actually tell this story, too. I must confess uh, <laughs> in, in certain circles for people who know more. But uh but so this is this that's a uh, that's a very long tangent but a very funny tangent leading up to the big reveal. All right, so speaking of knowing me, if you know me, you're listening to this program and you have a reasonable knowledge of what I like, what kind of music means a lot to me, my musical heroes, my inspirations, where I came from as an acoustic guitar player all along the way. What do you think? I listed as the number one Martin guitar on my list of top 10 Martin guitars that everyone should know about. If you have been playing along in the chat, you have three more seconds to put down your answer. Which instrument do you think Mari listed as number one of the top 10 Martin guitars? It is the Martin D45. Well, I guess it makes total sense. Uh, I think uh, for the same reason that it's the one that Chris Martin always mentions uh, when people ask him because of, well, for lots and lots and lots of reasons. But uh, before I reveal what I thought your guitar was, uh, let's hear why you chose that as the number one Martin. Well, I talked a lot about it last week, and I began this program today speaking in the same manner. I'm a music store owner. I have the luxury of having the opportunity of playing so many Martin guitars, so many great Martin guitars, so often, if not every day. And I'm coming from the point of view of somebody who's been a Martin fan all his life. I've been a Martin dealer since 2003, and I really get to be in the middle of everything in, in the best of ways. So I get to pick things like the DSS-17. I get to say things like the D18 Authentic 1939 Aged. Uh, guitars like the Fire and Ice have made a big impression on me. I'm looking at a lot of this list, if not as a music store owner, as a Martin fan who is very lucky to be in a music store all the time. So all of my professional opinions have permeated most of my list, you know, 10 through through number two. If not, I don't know that anything on my list isn't attached to a, some professional opinion that I have as somebody who talks about guitars in their job. Number one, the D45, I threw a lot of that out the window and I just brought a lot of emotion to it. And I've, I mean, being a huge fan of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young is, is a big part of it. I basically learned about Martin Guitars and immediately thought the D45 was the top of the mountain, something you can aspire to have. 
20 years before I, I thought I'd even be in this business at all, let alone so connected and, and a, a very integral part of, you know, we're proud to be one of Martin's top independent dealers for a long time now. And I'm really fortunate to have a lot of friends in the company. I see a lot of this stuff from the marketing side. I see a lot of it from behind the scenes. I know what a D45 is wholesale and retail, and it's, it's not a mystery to me anymore like it was in the beginning, but I could not even dream about putting a list together without having the D45 on it. And shortly after we talked about this would be a good uh, excuse to do an episode like this, I think pretty quickly I knew it was going to be in the top two. I wasn't sure if I could really put it ahead of an own 45 Deluxe, especially after my really charming story about that guitar. But I think if we talk next week, let's not do a top 10 list. Let's do a top one list. I think a lot of our listeners would probably say, hey, you should make it the D45. Well, that's an interesting way to look at it. Um, I know that Chris Martin always talks about the craftsmanship, that he admires the craftsmanship, the, the incredible amount of hours that's required to do the pearl work you know, on a style 45 guitar and those other more, you know, 45 plus guitars that we've mentioned, like the Fire and Ice uh, model. But craftsmanship, the fact that it's uh, getting their, their top woods, um, that's that, you know, stuff that's definitely set aside for 45s, that the legacy of uh, Martin, um, the appeal of the D45 in the 1930s and the insane prices they come with uh, for the people who can afford those kind of vintage guitars now. Um, the mystique involved in one of my favorite D45 stories concerns Harlan Howard, the uh, Country Music Hall and Fame songwriter who uh, infamously uh, helped a lot of big people write their songs. People would pay him big money to come to sit in his office and play their song and he would tweak their songs as a songwriting coach and uh, more top hits than uh, a lot of people would even believe probably. But when you came into his office and you sat in the waiting room, you sat down in a comfortable chair and on either side of you was a Gibson Super Jumbo 200 and a Martin D45. And mm -hmm. they were there to impress you and they were there to, you got to play your song on that, but it was a status symbol that he would, you know, put out there. And of course, the stories of Crosby, Sills, Nash & Young all buying D45s from the first year when they brought them back and talk about timing. And David Crosby bought at least two, I believe. And yes, the mystique is totally there. And so many other people in country and other types of acoustic music that have uh, had and owned and played D45s, uh, including Jimi Hendrix. So yeah, there's a lot of mystique behind it too, but as a musical instrument, they're exquisite and they, uh, they have a beautiful tone. And I, I'm a big proponent going back to the 1980s when I would haunt the guitar stores and I kept hearing a difference in the 45s when I played lots of 45s and 28s and the difference was in all of them. And I honestly believe that routing out the edges of the back and sides, right where they connect, just like the top is, it's like a drum head and having it thin at the edge makes them vibrate better. And then filling it with that unusual material, abalone shell is a freak of nature. It is a natural cement 
that has an amazing lattice to its uh, molecules that to the point that all of the modern anti-munition armor that people wear was inspired by abalone. It's in a, the way that it's the way that it deals with energy and shifts energy that passes through it. I honestly believe abalone has an effect on tone. And when you have a 45, where you have the abalone inlaid in those trenches on all sides of the guitar, it enhances the tone. I'm a, I'm totally convinced that that's a true, that's a true honest fact. So D45 was not on my list. I think it's an amazing guitar. I went with the HD28 as the classic ship of the line of Martin Standard Series, but the flagship of the line is definitely the D45. And uh, so I think that's a perfect choice to end your top 10 list. Well, thank you. And if I could speak for everybody listening, I know what you're thinking. I got it right. The D45 has to be number one. Well, actually, I was going to quip when if you had asked me before you revealed, I was going to say it was the little Martin Felix, the cat. But uh, <laughs> but honestly, I assumed it was going to be the OM28 because of your OM28V. So that's that. But but you've explained, you know, you explained why. And I'm sure your OM28 is sitting in this case fuming that the OM28, <laughs> its, its uh, legacy model wasn't picked. But I have a question before we end. I think we should each reveal our 11th guitar, the guitar that was in the very last list and was the last one cut out. Do you think you can remember which that was for you? Well, you're going to make it easy. You just said it. The OM28 was the one that got away from me. I'm just being honest. Well, that's okay. Well, that makes perfect sense. I'm sure your guitar will forgive you and uh, my your personal guitar. My guitar, my number 11 is also an OM but it is the OME Cherry. Wow, that's out of left field. I won't tell you that I saw that coming. That's interesting. Well, I, I picked it because I think it's uh, similar to your list of, you know, somebody calling you up and saying, uh, well, can you suggest some Martins? Well, the OME Cherry, is unusual because it's cherry back and sides. It is extremely successful. It is the most uh, successful cherry guitar Martin's ever made. They made uh, with the North American cherry or wild cherry, I think it is actually. Um, that's the wood that they use, often from Pennsylvania. And it is, and I think the, on this particular model, I think they use cherry that's uh, harvested in Pennsylvania. It has environmentally friendly woods all the way through it. It's got Forest uh, Stewardship Council uh, woods that include a European spruce top. It has uh, Casago embracing. It has a simple dovetail neck joint, which I think is one of the reasons it's so successful. Most of the early cherry models were made with the M&T neck joint uh, that Martin had made, and, and the uh, simple dovetail is definitely an improvement. It gives you a fuller sound. And uh, cherry has a very pretty sounding wood. It looks beautiful. It is, uh, like I said, I was so impressed when I played this thing and it's got onboard electronics, plug and play electronics. It's, uh, I, it's still being made, still available. I highly recommend people look for this as a, it's a little more expensive than, than some other models and in the price range because of the extra costs of the environmentally uh, friendly woods. But it's uh, good for the environment. It's good on the ear. It's a uh, very successful instrument. 
And for, again, for people looking for something different, they don't want mahogany, they don't want koa, they don't want rosewood. Looking at cherry is a, uh, is a pretty good way to go. I think it's delightful to play, and I'm glad they made it, and I'm glad they keep making it. Very, very interesting. What a cool choice. I don't think I would have thought of that one myself, but you sold me on the idea. It's great to have a cherry on top of these lists. <laughs> very clever. So if you guys are doing this the right way and you're watching this podcast and listening to this podcast in order, you have now concluded Spoon's top 10 list, Mari's top 10 list. Tune in in the very near future where we give you the bottom 10 Martin guitars from the Martin guitar. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 not going to happen. Um, that's my, I don't, if people remember, I don't know if anybody remembers Knucklehead. He was a puppet from my childhood, but if anybody remembers Knucklehead, that was his uh, force. I thought I fell into a Bugs Bunny cartoon for a second there. That was good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I get that a lot. <laughs> Bugs Bunny is a major influence on my life's work. It's definitely true. So this was great fun. Uh, so just to real quick, for those who didn't hear my list, you should go hear it because I'd love to see what you have to say about it. Uh, mine, number 10, was the DSS-17, Whiskey Sunset, just like Mari. Number 9 was the CSSC-2022, the, basically the NAMM show special that was the new CS model done in solid woods made in the custom shop. Number 8, 0018, Classic Martin, small body, very successful. Number 7, CEO 7, which Mari had farther up beautiful uh, CEO model that just stays around forever because it's so successful. The Martin D Homeward was my number six. That's a beautiful cover guitar, top shelf, highly figured woods, bear claw top, and extremely gorgeous maritime theme inlays done primarily in wood along with some stone and uh, pearl. Uh, OM28 Modern Deluxe on my number five. Uh, Mari had that higher up, but yes, spectacularly successful instrument. Number four, Triple O 15 SM, Mahogany Top 12 fret in the 15 series. Currently not in the catalog, but still for sale. And I'm sure they're going to bring it back with the newly revised uh, naming convention they have for 12 fret guitars. It'll be a Triple O S 15M when it comes back, as I'm sure it's going to. HD 28 flagship. The uh, Rosewood Dreadnought for the modern world uh, still got plenty of vintage vibe, uh, killer guitar. It's They're just so satisfying to play. It's like a steak dinner. Martin D28 Authentic 1937 is my number two with the brand new one with Guatemala and Rosewood and the authentic 1930s Dreadnought shape. Mari and I got to just play this at the factory not that long ago, just knocked my socks off. I'm so happy about this guitar. I love Guatemalan Rosewood, and this these guitars are going to be spectacular. And then my number one was the standard OM28. I think it is the most versatile Martin guitar made today. Does everything a dreadnought does. Wonderful finger picking. Um, the only thing that would make it more versatile for me is if it had a cutaway. It was an OMC, but it's a classic guitar. Uh, Mari's got a great one. His old OM28V, virtually the same guitar. But of course, all those years of playing under the hood. Great Martin guitars, and and it was fun to do. So we'll come up with some other fun top ten lists probably in the future.
I think I got it, but just in case, tell me the whole thing again. I wasn't listening. Nope, 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 not gonna help. Nope, 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 not gonna help. Well, it's that time, guys. You got to let us know. What did you think of my top 10 list? What did you think of Spoon's top 10 list? Let us know in the comment section what we got right, what we got wrong. Heck, just give us your top 10 list while you're at it. We'd love to see it. Spoon, you know what the music means. It's time to go. From all of us at Maury's Music, thanks for listening. Hear you later. This has been a presentation of Maury's Music, your trusted source for Martin and Blue Ridge guitars. Find us online at maurysmusic.com. Music.com.